Hey, what's up? It's The Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Lante, Kyle Tosk. Morning. Last time us three will be together for about a month. And it's not my fault. Yeah, right? Surprise. (laughs) Although I'm already trying to bail on Monday. That's all right. For a game, Kyle, just so you know that the streak will continue. Kyle, I expect you to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Can you just run back for Monday and then go back home for Thanksgiving or for Christmas? No, I, Pipes can go solo if he has to. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. I got to hear Pipes, now that you're a new dad, yeah, about to be parent, a, a parent of a second child, uh-huh. yep. how much Christmas duties, how many, I didn't ask that right, how many Christmas duties do you actually have? Mm. Or does Haley take care of most everything? She For takes instance, care of a lot of stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, years ago, like before Kyle was born, essentially, almost. I be- Well, yeah, probably. I basically said, I will handle the stocking and then any kind of like sporting jersey. Mm-hmm. Does yep. that make sense? Or, yep. or if there was like a ticket to be had to a game that we were going to buy for the boys. Yeah. Other than that, like when they opened their gift from Santa, of course, when you get them from Santa, you don't know what's coming, but... When they would open a gift from their mom and I, it was just, that's the first time I was seeing it too. I was like, oh, that's a cool shirt. <laughs> and of course they're like, thanks mom. I'm like, uh, hey. That used to always be my grandpa. Like when, when I was a kid, I'd get something from my grandma and grandpa. Of course, both their names are on the <laughs> gift. And then you'd like, be like, thanks grandma. And then she's like, yeah. And then you say, thanks grandpa. And he's like peeking around yeah, you what, to see like, what, what exactly did you get? Hold it up. <laughs> oh yeah. You're welcome. And it's not like the guy, it's not like we don't care. I love the Christmas. You guys know me. I'm like a romantic when it comes to Christmas, but mm-hmm. I love everything about it. I just am not a big fan of getting everything, right. I guess. Does that make, or not getting, I love to get, but in terms of like knowing what Going to buy. Going shopping for people, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my I, wife takes care of a lot of that. I will say my son's made it easy because he's become obsessed with Batman. Oh, so I've actually enjoyed kind of going out and, and looking. Oh, nice. we, we, get, we got him a Batman. I hope he's not listening right now. Oh and boy, he's gonna find out everything he's going to get for Christmas. But la, la, la. Um, <laughs> got him like a Batman and Robin poster to put in his room. Sweet. And, uh, a little like trike to run around on. It's a, a DC Comics like Batman stickers on it. And oh sweet, uh, that just showed up today. So you just uh, need to build him a Batcave. Yeah, right. <laughs> I am. I, I've been. Yeah, I've seen my brother uh, who has a daughter. She's six now, and and he's done the Christmas where the Barbie set comes and the rest Ooh. of Christmas Day is, is my Ooh. brother Josh assembling that. So <laughs> my time is coming. I know that. I uh, didn't really have it last year because my, my son was only about a, you know eight months old. Right, but right. Uh, I'm very – he's a lot more into oh. the lights and Santa Claus and he knows who Santa is and that whole type of deal. Although I was gone – when I was in Tennessee, my wife took him to see Santa. Ooh. I think it was at Prairie Gardens. Okay. And um, you get the picture, and it's exactly what you would think. It's it's Santa and my son screaming his head off. <laughs> yep, so, that was, uh, yep, that's every kid. I was like, yeah, I'm actually glad I wasn't there for that. Uh, <laughs> even though as a dad, I probably should have been. But, um, yeah. That's I, awesome. You're getting ready for a great run of years with with Christmas. I mean, that's no going to be – you're just going to no love – Every second of it. And in fact, he's still at the age now where he doesn't realize he needs to get up at 5 a.m. Right. You know, because then then they reach a certain age where every other day of the year for 364, you can't wake them before 8 Mm o'clock. But on Christmas Day, and I was the same way. I remember that, yes. My brother and I used to go to bed, and this is back when we actually got snow. Not that I'm hoping for snow, but... You know, snow on Christmas would be cool. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were young enough that we, we were sleeping together in a bed, right? And Lance and I, like, we thought we heard something on the roof. So we jump up and we, like, are, we, we open the window and, and the snow is coming down, like, sideways. And I don't see any sleigh tracks or anything or deer. And I'm like, I don't know what we heard. Well, hell, it's probably Neil grabbing another beer, you know, because Jan was <laughs> like, hey, you need to... You need to wrap that or get that, get, that under the, get that out of the car so I can wrap it. But, um, but yeah, those, those days are just awesome when you just, like, I would wake up and mom would be like, don't even, do right. not even go in there because we were all at the back of the house. Like both my brothers, his room and my room were right next to mom and dad's. And it was like, you do not 
come out of that room yep. until I tell I, you. I know, man. And that's the way, uh, like in Philo, the boys were always upstairs. And we're like, you do not come downstairs until we are ready to go. That's right. <laughs> and so you're going to have some fun here for the next few years doing that. That's going to be It'll awesome. It'll be a lot of fun. I remember my brothers and I, uh, there was three of us, so we would – Pack into, we had a room with bunk beds. Nice. And, and we'd watch the, the Grinch every night before, uh, you know, Christmas Eve there. And it was that. like, when I was old enough to understand, my mom would whisper like, don't, don't let your younger brothers out of the room for any reason. Like, if there's a fire, you guys go through the window and not through the hallway and down to, to where, uh, you know, the, the living room is. But, uh, yeah, that was always cool. But we would legit get up, and I was the worst at it. I'd get up at like, Three oh. thirty in the morning, four yes. o'clock in the morning, and just go and sit in the the room where the stockings are full and everything. You, your parents aren't getting up for a couple more hours, but uh, and then I end up, you know, by one o'clock in Christmas, I'm I'm conked out on the couch. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, love spending Christmas with, love spending Christmas with you as you sleep there on the couch because you're up at three. <laughs> so that was me. That's all, Kyle. Kid, I got to hear about what, what what's it like in the Tosk house. I don't know if we do anything special, but yeah. you know, it's uh, we uh, we do pretty well. Us, I us love it. kids. I love it. My parents spoil us. Does Santa always bring like a special gift? Did he? Did he always bring like so? We would, you know, they would have gifts, but there'd be like the big gift mm-hmm. that would always yeah, happen there, to show up Christmas morning. You know? There was always like one big one where yeah. it's like this. It, it, where, no matter what it was, it was a huge box. Yes, like from santa and you'd be like oh i cannot wait to see what's inside there even though you kind of knew because you asked for it yeah exactly yeah well that's cool i just i I love talking christmas and i knew kyle this is his last show here before the uh christmas day so i thought we'd get a little bit of that so you still get pretty excited on christmas eve yeah i do too question i do too i mean that's that that's so cool it's fun all right wonder what sports i wonder what like the uh the Underwoods and the Bielmas. I mean, Coach B has got to be in heaven right now with his two girls being their age. Oh, yeah. I sure. mean, that, that is like – they are like the perfect age for this stuff. And then, of course, Coach Underwood, all his kids have grown essentially, but I'm sure they still have a tradition or two that they do. So, that's pretty cool. Coach Green, Sean, is, I think she's got a son that's fairly young. So, heck, he's probably like 19 now, and I don't even know. He's probably like, he's accidentally listening going, I'm fairly young, although I'd love to be fairly 19. So, what the heck? That'd be nice. Yeah, I asked. I just turned 33 yesterday, so. That was your birthday? Yeah, yeah. I, wow, Derek, I feel like a heel. Oh, no, you're good. Happy birthday. Thank you, man. I totally took your birthday off. I know, we we (laughs) talked about it. We joked a little bit about it on the radio yesterday. I can't imagine what... Aaron Lemming was probably like, well, where's Tay? He set this up. And then Trevor Valise was probably like, where's Tay? Trevor was messing around yesterday. He was, he was like, man, he just texted me last night to get on the show. And little did I know he wasn't going to be here to talk to me. But It was a last-minute uh, decision. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Thank well, you. happy birthday. Thank you, man. I, I, Larry Bird. Yeah. You're Larry gotta, Bird's age. Got to make it a, a Larry Bird year. That's kind of cool. Your son dressed up like Larry. I know. He did. So there's a he lot of Larry a lot Larry better legend. mullet than I could ever <laughs> ask for. I, I could try, but I don't know that'll well, that's go awesome. too well. So you're one of those December babies that I am, yeah. kind of butts up kind of close to Christmas. Yeah. And actually, on that note, today's Brad Underwood's birthday. Oh, is it really? Is yeah. It? Well, happy birthday to Brad. That's awesome. Everybody's... I showed up to work for Brad's birthday. <laughs> You're celebrating mine, so I appreciate that. You know what? That is true. I did do a little bit of that. I'm not going to lie to you. So, yeah, how about that? That's funny. That's, uh, I, I, uh, I even fished yesterday a little Sweet. bit. Threw a man. Didn't catch anything, but that's all right. Just being, it's oh, beautiful yeah. out right now. Oh, today and especially. I just was out there just in the sun. As long as you're in the sun, you're in pretty good shape. I knocked, I got into a spot out of the wind and just kind of through the pole for a while. Yeah. Doing nothing. My wife had to go run a, a couple of errands today. I took m- my son out. We shot hoops in the driveway for Boom. 20, 30 minutes. Not the best. Yeah. It's great. Great day for that. So Andrew, for the third year in a row, is going to cough his way through basketball. I don't understand mm-hmm. it. I don't understand it. Um, to everybody out there that like, like I, I, we, we take care of our child, right? <laughs> he eats well. He sleeps well. But for some reason, at this time of year, every year he coughs and he's always, so he's had to go to the doctor and like get an IV and stuff. And so today coach called me and he's like, Hey, I tried to call, 
uh, Gene, but um, I, I understand Andrew's supposed to only do light practice. He goes, do you know what that means? And I said, well, he missed seven layups the other day. Why don't you have him shoot layups for an hour and a half? <laughs> he started laughing. <laughs> He's like, that. okay, Lon, I get you. I'm like, other than that, I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't know. Maybe do five line drills instead of seven. Mm. <laughs> I don't, you're calling the wrong guy. I wish I had one of those doctor slips back in the day. No doubt. Yeah. That's like that comedian, that Nate Bargazzi or whatever, who's hilarious. Yes. He, that one skit, the phone rings, and it's the school. Have you heard this one? And he's like, uh, he goes, hello? And they're like, uh, yeah, so your daughter or something. And he goes, oh, yeah, you yeah. realize you called, I'm the dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I tell you what, you tell me what school she goes yeah. to, I'll come down. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Like, we don't know anything, right? No. We're like, we're like uh, light practice. Hell, I don't know. Maybe maybe don't run him 80% of the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. Light practice. Go make some jump shots. How about that? There you go. Wouldn't you hate to be my kid? Uh, <laughs> not necessarily. My mom and I get into it every game. <laughs> every game. Oh, we even had a another dad came and sat by me at this last game because Andrew, he scored 12, but he missed literally left 14 points out there on layups. Mm. And finally, uh, mom was like, oh, now those are some tough. I'm like, they're not tough, mom. Those are not tough layups. And the, the dad even said, I got to go with Lon on this one. <laughs> I said, I just need to separate myself from Grandma mm. during the game because, of course, he can do no wrong in her eyes. And Grandma's he, got his back. And he does everything wrong in my eyes like because that's what we do as parents, right? That's what we do. No, he does, he does a great job. I, I tell him that when I can. It's good. He just gets he gets all his laundry dirtied on the uh, on the radio station, <laughs> unlike every other kid in this area. <laughs> you know who is also doing a great job is the Illini football players in the NFL right now. Yes. On that note, the Tommy DeVito what mania, whatever you want to call it, continues. And actually, he was on social media today. I've ran into two clips by some pretty famous people, and we should play one, if not both of them, at some point here. Uh, Jimmy Fallon was doing a skit where he was like singing a, a song as the agent of Tommy DeVito dressed up in the, like the black suit with the hat. Yes. And that was hilarious. And then uh, Joey uh, Molinaro, is that his name? I, I think? think that's how you say it. And uh, a really famous comedian, guys that do, the guy that does a lot of the, like the Chris Collinsworth impersonations, the impersonations on Twitter and whatnot that are hilarious. And uh, he was doing a, a Goodfellas Oh my! Skit to uh, Ray Liotta or whatever on the no yeah on the note of uh, <laughs> Devito with the Giants. So both of those very funny, and it's just still crazy how na nationally famous he is right now. That is, it's it's unbelievable. And to be, I mean, Jimmy Fallon. Like yeah. I, I don't, I'm never up that late anymore to watch that. But I mean, those, those are that's like a nation nationwide thing, obviously. And and to be on that, and then like you said, Joey's got tons of followers on Twitter. It's just so funny how it's like it just fits perfect with Tommy. Mm -hmm. Like, if you know him, did Trevor talk yesterday about getting the uh, <clears throat> yeah, football we asked from DeVito? It, yeah. But it, that was just kind of like what Tommy was when you'd talk to him and stuff. You know, he was pretty, not cocky, but just brash, you know, and, and just kind of confident, that Italian confidence, I'm sure. So that's just, I'm just loving, and we talked about it the other day, and I said, you just grab and, and may, just take hold of this 15 minutes of fame and ride it as long as you can, because it's going to be, I, I, it'd be great if he played great the rest of the year and put the Giants in a little bit of a predicament mm. to figure out what to do next season. Now, I assume they're going to try to land a better quarterback than Tommy DeVito, but I'm hoping. They're already paying a lot of money to Daniel Jones. Yeah, right. Is he done after this year, though? He just I couldn't got, remember. He just get that money. Oh, did he? Didn't oh, he have like a. I might be thinking of Mac Jones. Daniel. Yeah, Mac Jones has done that for this okay, year. Okay, that's probably who I'm. I'm. In other words, I'm getting them confused on like their fifth year, et cetera. But Daniel Jones signed a four-year, 160 million dollar contract. Wow, was he that good to do that? Have they, it seems like to me the Giants that. haven't They're been a good. Playoff in the team decade. last year. But. Yeah, I guess. I don't really. I guess I don't remember that. It's great getting old and forgetting everything. They do have a potential opt-out after next season. Okay. Well, then Tommy might be in a good position to 
Just hang around. Just hang around enough, and yeah. be a nice. Uh, we I mentioned the other day if that report was right, he's going to make about nine hundred grand next year as a backup. I so. take it. If I'm the Giants, as much publicity as they're doing, oh, yeah, I'd go ahead sure. and just rework his contract for a couple of years and keep him around. You're going to make it back just in, just in heck. If they start, I wonder if they're selling his jersey. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Warner tweeted this week that if you go to the Giants team shop and you click on the jersey tab, the first one that comes up is Tommy DeVito's. I would love to, that is amazing. I would love to know how much the Giants are making off Tommy DeVito. I mean, to know, yeah. They're getting they're on national TV with <laughs> with like you said with last night with Fallon. I it's just amazing what he has done for that organization in 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 otherwise uh, down year. Oh, yeah, they were terrible. So that, that's amazing. And I also throw in there, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. Him and Cousin Sal do one after every Sunday, and they were talking about uh, the Bengals, Jake Browning playing decent for them yeah. in, in relief of Joe Burrow. And they're like, well, you know, he's got a ton of weapons. I mean, it's kind of similar last year. Obviously, the sample size isn't as big as Brock Purdy coming in with mm. McCaffrey and Debo, Debo and, and Kittle and. Yep. Uh, and since you know they got Jamar Chase mm-hmm. and T Higgins and uh, Tyler. Joe, Joe Mixon, yep, and, and then uh, Tyler Boyd, and then they throw in, and they've actually got another Chase now. He's like they got this Chase Brown guy who looks really good, and then like, and then Bill offers up. He's like, yeah, and he's got this twin brother on the Eagles that I didn't even know about, who's <laughs> oh who's playing safety and, and you know has doing some things. He's like, I didn't even know about these guys. They look pretty good. I'm like, <laughs> again, like these are national media now getting. That's Some awesome. real attention. Obviously, Devin Witherspoon's been getting his own oh. uh, as a first-round pick. So, unbelievable. Awesome. Chase Brown when that touchdown, like we said the other day, mm. I forgot how fast he was. I mean, he caught that ball and just was shot out of a cannon down the sideline. Unbelievable. I have not admittedly seen much of Sid. Yeah, I haven't seen a ton of him either. I don't uh, think he's a starter. I think he plays special teams and comes in on teams. occasion. I think he, t- he tied a season high with eight tackles against the Cowboys. That's pretty so impressive. There was, another, there was another game earlier in the year where he had eight. But, okay. I mean, that's a, obviously, as we know, a, a talented Eagles team at like literally every every level of their of their team, offensively and defensively. Yeah. Their defense hasn't been playing as well. Their secondary is a little banged up, I believe, and it might play into him getting out there. But, yeah, we know he can fly to the football for sure. Would have really loved him on last year's team. Mm-hmm. Just his ability to you know play the run game, uh, be a, a a playmaker as a, a ball hawk type of guy, can punch it out and create turnovers. Illinois could have used that last year, obviously. And of course, Johnny Newton. I've I've looked at a lot of mock drafts, and that's what happens when your team is horrible every year. You get used <laughs> to looking at a lot of mock drafts, and I've seen Newton go anywhere from like seven to more than likely right around 14, 15, 16, kind of in that area. Mm. But certainly, he's a first-round no-doubter, probably a top-20 pick. But, you know, sometimes certain guys slide, and uh, he's at a – he's – I mean, we understand, like, his decision to come back, I think, was a good one. But also the fact that last year it seemed like it was so heavy in defensive linemen, both on the edge and in the middle. And this season, there's not a lot of defensive tackles – I know there's some guys on the edge, kid from Alabama, kid from Florida State, Verse, et cetera, but there's not a lot of inside big defensive tackles that are up in this draft. And for Johnny Newton, I, I, I feel like he picked kind of the perfect year. I mean, I know a little bit of that is luck, but to come out, and I think it's going to be great, Kyle, to see another Illinois guy go in the first round. Yeah, no question. We got awesome. we got Johnny Newton from earlier today to play later in the show if oh, you want to hear from him. I do want to hear from him. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. I was just seeing this on ESPN. Browns Flacco can earn $4 million for wins. Is that per win? Surely not. Is that right? Surely not. Did you, by the way, did you see the story on that X, on the uh, Jaguars employee? I did not. That embezzled like $22 million from the team. You know what most of the money went to gambling on a daily basis? No way. No. Or yes. I don't know how to answer your no way. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, you threw me off that's there. That's crazy, I should say. <laughs> yes way. Yes way. Um, yeah, Flacco's deal includes $4 million in incentives based on winning. All right, so it's not $4 million a game. I was like, my goodness. Um, yeah, but no, he spent in three years, 
not all of that, but the amount of money he spent in three years betting like FanDuel and DraftKings was uncanny Man. because they went back and looked at his at his record. Can you imagine if they went and looked at mine? They'd be like, "Man, this this dude does a lot of five dollar parlays that don't win." <laughs> no wonder Calvin Ridley ended up there, right? Ex- uh, isn't that ironic? Exactly. Yeah. And then I. So is this guy? I'm guessing this guy was losing. Correct. That he, is. He was putting this money in, and he was losing. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Wow. Yes. But Ouch. yeah, it it is. Uh, it's disgusting. Like the amount of money. Um, that he spent just doing that. I was even going to look here. He faces up to 30 years in prison. Man. Man. Um, stealing more than $22 million from the Jaguars over a four-year period. And I know in one of them, um, it mentioned how much, I don't know, it mentioned how much that he, I mean, he, he was doing a lot of like buying, he bought a Tesla Model 3 sedan, he was doing a lot of that stuff as well. I mean, you can't uh, twenty-two million is a lot to spend on just gambling. But he was putting up. All right, multiple sources familiar told ESPN that Patel, using his name Parlay Picker, put nearly five hundred thousand into fantasy tournaments in the NFL, Major League Baseball, the PGA Tour, and UFC since seventeen. They had he was in competition that had buy-ins of twenty-four thousand dollars. Man, wow! So I guess it's not. I kind of overdid it a little million, bit. But, yeah. Half a million, at Still, least. Still, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money, game. Yeah. Woo! Hey, a lot of fantasy uh, playoffs. Playoffs start yeah. today, right? I painfully just missed mine in uh, the Brad Evans League. I'm pretty mad at Aaron, Aaron Jones. He was questionable. And, you know, like when you look on your, your team site, it'll say like the projected points will yep. like be there if they expect him to play or not there if they don't. And they were there. So I'm like, yeah, you know, he – I think he's going to play this week against the Giants, and then he doesn't, and I lost, and I was uh, not uh, making the playoffs in that league. So. I am dead last in my league. Ouch. And so I get to play the top guy. We all make it. Oh, nice. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I didn't. <laughs> I kind of wish they just said, all right, we're not going to count the bottom team or the bottom two. I'm like, I, I'm fine with that. I'm good. Just have one play six and go from there. In my, I, in my other league, I – I keep losing quarterbacks. So I lost oh. Burrow for the year, Cousins for the year before that, and then I traded for Herbert <laughs> and uh, cost me some future draft capital. This is a dynasty league, and uh, he broke his finger, and he's out for the year. So, I was going to say, he's on um, the cover of ESPN right now. <laughs> Jake Browning is my, my fantasy quarterback. <laughs> Probably well, good you didn't make it. Hopefully the uh, I, I made it in that one. Oh, but, you did? Uh, you know, if this was the college football playoff committee, they'd be keeping me out. He's like, ah. <laughs> Four-string quarterback. We don't care what you did before this. There's no way you're going anywhere with that dude. You're out. So, you know, I at, love at least it. they're not deciding on that. I love it. All right, so Coach B spoke today. Johnny Newton spoke today. We'll hear from them. Yep. Also, Luke Goody's set to join us any moment. Yes. So, uh, excited to talk to him. They've got one of those weeks off, week offs again. It's finals, right? Weeks, mm-hmm. week off, week offs. I, I don't know. However you say that. It just kind of stinks when you're like, you know, you, you just came off a cool, in fact, he's calling now, you come off a cool area where you're like, hey, we're playing well, and then all of a sudden you don't get to watch basketball for a week. Kind of stinks. Let's ask him about that. Okay. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. We'll talk to Luke Goody next. This is The Drive. You have money laying all around your house. You just don't know it. And no, I don't mean selling your great-grandma's good china. I mean all the old metal items you don't want to use or get rid of. Don't pay someone to haul it away. Bring it into Max Twin City Recycling and get paid to have it taken off your hands. They love new customers and are more than willing to walk you through their process step-by-step. Come check them out at 2808 North Lincoln Avenue in Urbana. Hi, it's Stevie J. So I took my mom into Audubel, owned by Jeff Hanley, who owns 13 locations around central Illinois. She's had so much trouble hearing for so long. Audubel, A-U-D-I-B-E-L, for hearing. And some of the new technologies, they've got AI now for some of these hearing aids, and and they're virtually invisible. It's unbelievable, and it helped my mom. It helped her incredibly. We've been to other places. This is by far the best place I've ever been in for hearing help. Go to AudibleTeam.com. That's A-U-D-I-B-E-L, 
If you want more information about Audubel and how Jeff Hanley and his amazing culture and amazing team that they have, go to audibelteam.com. That's A-U-D-I-B-E-L, audibelteam.com. You'll be so happy you found Audubel. Amazing work. They got a location in Champaign. Go to audibelteam.com. That's audibelteam.com. It's the Piers Christmas Party, and it's happening at 1609 West Springfield Avenue, Thursday between 5.30 and 9, and then Friday, December 15th from 7 to 10 a.m. Gifts for all. Try to win some holiday cash with J&J Ventures, Coors Light, Captain Morgan, and Miller Light. Piers has a free holiday food spread waiting for you, and of course, great drink specials. The staff at Piers says, Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Chris Jackson with Kramer Siding and Window. And whatever your project, you can count on Kramer Siding to offer you the best products backed by the best warranties in the business and a lifetime of great customer service. And right now, you can save 10% on roofing, sunrooms, and decks, get 15% off gutter helmet, and you can save 25% on preservation siding, windows, and doors. So call today or visit us at kramersiding.com and let's get started on your project. Have you ever wondered why you pay your bank to have a checking account with them? We do, too. At Fisher National Bank, we offer free checking accounts that reward you to bank with us. Our rewards cashback checking offers 2.02% cash back on debit card purchases up to $500 monthly. No service fees or balance requirements needed to earn rewards. For a free checking account that pays you back, simply make 12 debit card purchases, receive electronic statements, and have one direct deposit within a monthly cycle. It's so simple. We bet you're doing most of these things already. With Rewards Cashback Checking, you have access to Reward Saver, which earns 4.07 annual percentage yield on balances up to 20000 Reward yourself with free Rewards Cashback Checking and Reward Saver, a few of the many ways Fisher National Bank invests in our customers. See monthly requirements at any branch or fishernational.com. Fisher National Bank, exceptional communities, exceptional people. Member FDIC. Jeremiah 2911 states, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. What a comfort we have in this passage, as the Lord is telling Jeremiah, I care for you and will take care of you. If you are in despair and think you have no hope, pray to the Lord for guidance. See how your life can be changed in the lives of those around you. This message brought to you by the Blossom Basket Florist. Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Let's go to the Tapman's Towing phone line, do our weekly segment with Luke Goody. This brought to you by some great sponsors. Let's fill you in on those. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. First Federal Savings Bank, local and trusted. Crossroads Contractor Supplies, the right tools when you need it. Brian Hansen at State Farm Insurance. Visit brianismyguy.com. Carpenters Local, 243. And by Max Twin City Recycling. Luke Goody on the Tap and Towing phone line. How you doing, man? How finals going? Uh, are you about finished up with those? Yeah, good. I just finished my last final uh, oh. 30 minutes ago. There you go. That's got to be such it's a great got to feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Were they tough this year? How, how'd that go? Not to you know make you have to relive them by any means, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I mean, this one that I took was... Uh, it did not go... Great, I'm not gonna lie. I looked at it and it was one of those tests where you know about fifty percent of it and the rest of it is just guess. So I know you guys have probably been there before, but that's uh, why absolutely. I was at about an hour ago. Yeah, that I was, was rethinking why I chose finance. <laughs> that was like every final for me. I'm like, eh. Heck Luke, when I when I took the ACT, we started the the test and I get like fourteen questions in. It's a funny story, and my best friend from high school was in the same row as me up on U of I campus, and it was kind of a curved row, so I got to, like, number 14, and I was like, oh, crap, and I looked down, and he looked at me at the same time, and we started laughing, and the proctor in the room came walking up, and he's like, what, what's the problem here? And I'm like, well, I'm on 14. I already don't know it, and he started laughing, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I hate taking tests, man. I just hate them. But I'm sure, I'm sure once that's done, there's a lot of uh, energy in your body that you get out of basketball. Yes, yes. It's nice that I only have to focus on basketball. Well, not happy, but that I only get to focus on basketball now. I don't have to worry about all the classes and assignments and extra stuff along with uh, all the practice times and stuff. Luke, how does a basketball player go about – I'm sure maybe – Brad structures the the week based on when you guys have finals and, and, and giving you time to study and prepare. But how does that go for a student athlete who has to do the the final stuff, the preparation to, to do what you can do in the in the classroom and then also work on yourselves and, and gear up for a game here coming up this weekend? Yeah. I got to give a lot of credit to our coaches and Coach Brad because they do, they do really understand finals week and they give us a lot of time. There's been a couple of times even this week that – practice uh four finals and there was no issue with it you know some coaches can be kind of bad about that stuff and not really understand it but they do a good job with it um and i actually had to reschedule three out of my five finals from last week when we were gone on the road mm. uh, so a bunch of my class actually had them last week but we were on our uh, east coast trip and then tennessee so i had to uh, uh you know a couple so i got them done this week but uh you know with finals and stuff is Something you got to do, unfortunately, and then uh, still stay up and be in the gym and get all the work in. So it's a lot to juggle, juggle right now, but now that it's over, it's uh, it's all basketball from here on out. How'd you guys feel coming out of that three-game road swing, going two and one, a, a tough and close game there in, in Tennessee? Uh, not that you you feel bad about you know not getting that one. It seemed like it was a successful trip uh, in general for you guys. How'd you feel about it? Yeah, we felt great, honestly. Uh, when you can go into Rutgers, regardless of how good the team is or not, and beat them by 20 in the rack, I mean, that's that's really tough to do. It's not hard or not easy to do. Um, and then getting a win against a really good FAU team who won by 40 last night. Um, you know, I was second score, and I saw they won by 40. And, you know, it's a good team. It's a really good team. So to be able to beat them, you know, Marcus had a great game. TJ had a great game. And then go play Tennessee close on the road and one of the best atmospheres that i've ever played in uh down there in knoxville and you know we played them close we were up up at half and they ended up kind of pulling away from us made some plays in the second half that really determined the game but um at the at the end of the week going into that week before it if you would have said we would have came out two and one i'm Mm. pretty sure everybody would have been pretty happy about that so um i think there's definitely a lot of things to take away from the losses and uh got some good wins as well Luke, going into that Tennessee game, they had lost three straight, and we even talked, Kyle and I, on the radio show that day, on that Friday, we both picked Tennessee to win that because it just seemed like, you know, they were kind of in that, well, they need to get a win, they're at home. Do you guys discuss that stuff before a game, or is that is that something just fans talk about? Yeah, I think that's something that just fans talk about, honestly. You know, we don't really um, – look too much into the wins and losses of who they've played. It's more just like what they've done in those games, if that makes sense. Like we never in film and preparation, we never bring up the record or we never bring up who they've lost, who they have lost to. Like I know Florida Atlantic lost to Bryant at home earlier in the year. And we never said anything like that. Cause you don't want that false sense of, Oh, I mean, they lost to Bryant, a mid-major at home. Like they're not that good. You know what I'm saying? So, we don't really do do scout based on that. It's more kind of we look back at the games that that the teams that beat them, what they did, um, as well as just film from those games. So that's not really something we talk about. You guys, if we go, I can't even remember the last time we talked to you. If it was after Rutgers, I, I don't think it was. But you you mentioned that game, so let's go with that. You're one and zero now to start the Big Ten. How surprising was that to kind of run like you did? I mean, you guys got off to an unbelievable start. They countered, as you knew they probably would, at home in a good environment. But then in that second half, you guys just really destroyed them. I mean, you had to have a lot of confidence coming out of Rutgers with that one. Yeah, we did. We did have a lot of confidence. Uh, You know, when you, like I said earlier, when you go into the rack and beat a team by 20, it doesn't matter how good they are, how bad they are. It's hard to do. It really is. I mean, that gym was full. First conference game for them, and um, it was rocking. So to go in there and uh, come out with a win like that was huge. I think it showed a lot about our team. You know, what happens when we uh, get hit by adversity? We were up by whatever we were, 15-20 in the first half, and they kind of went on a big run, got it down to what, one or two possessions, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they were within Uh, three. 
yeah, within three points. And then, uh, you know, we pulled away in the second half. So that just kind of shows the, the maturity and the, um, you know, the willingness to, to stay together as a team when adversity hits. And I think that was huge for us in the second half that game. Lou Goody's our guest on the Tapman's Towing phone line. How was it playing in the garden? We talked about it mm. go, leading up to it. And I know that you didn't get a chance to do it last year, but in the Jimmy V at the garden, now that you got to experience that, how did you come away from it? Yeah, it was sick. Two years ago <laughs> when we played Texas, I didn't get to play because I was outside to <laughs> sit on the sidelines and watch. But um, this year it was fun. It was, it was awesome. It's pretty cool to play in that arena, be on the court. Because it's like the lighting on that court, is like it's so different than any other place that we play. It's like almost dark around the arena, yes. and then there's all just lights just shining in the middle of the court. It's like you can't even like I don't know how to describe it. It's like almost like you can't really see the fans because it's kind of dark, but you can hear them obviously, and it's good energy. It was it was awesome. It was a cool experience. That was one of the more fun games that I've covered mm. uh, since doing it in ten years or so. Uh, with the Illini, just the, the style of game, you know, the, the high-scoring nature, the back and forth. It, it felt like you guys were pulling away late, but then FAU just kept having a response, and, oh, wait, it's a four-point game, and just <laughs> felt like a high-level basketball game. What was it like to play in it, uh, just knowing how good that team was and just the the trading punches back and forth? Yeah, it was awesome. To see Marcus and Terrence score at the level that they did is, it was pretty impressive to watch. It was one of those games where I was like, shoot, I don't have to do anything except go set screens, get the mismatches. <laughs> so I was just ready to shoot the ball if they passed it to me. And other than that, I would just go box out before the shot even went up. It was one of those games for me. So uh, when you guys got guys on a heater like that, I mean, all you got to really do is run to the basket and hope that they miss. Actually, not hope that they miss, but if they miss, then you know you're getting the, getting the rebound. So it was a uh, that type of game, it's uh, we knew it would be up and down for sure. They're a super, super good offensive team, and uh, you know we're a good offensive team as well. And we knew that it would be high scoring, so we just had to outpace them pretty much. As far as Tennessee goes, what made them tough to score on? I mean, you guys put up seventy nine points. It was a, a up tempo game. I know Brad afterwards was probably talking more uh, about defense and rebounding, uh, which you rebounded pretty well in that game, but. Uh, they did make it tough for, for Marcus and TJ. It seemed like their defense in the paint. Uh, I know they, they obviously have a lot of physicality and athleticism, but uh, just what did they do that was a challenge for you guys? Is this something that you guys can obviously uh, grow from too? Yeah, I think they get, did a good job of uh, boxing out, limiting us to one side. Yeah. I think that was the difference in the game is they out-rebounded us. Um, there were a couple plays in the second half too where – uh, credit to number 15 on the team. I think Mayshack is his name or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, he had some big plays. He really did. He came in and made a difference. Um, got a couple offensive rebounds and scored a couple buckets. And I think that was a big difference in the second half. Um, in terms of their defense, though, you know, we actually were – was it, our offense that game was a top four most efficient offense in like the last 10 years in their place mm-hmm. for a team or something wow. like that. So, I mean, our offense was great. We actually did a lot of good things, I think. It got stagnant a little bit at times, um, but that was kind of our game plan. Honestly, you know, we want we want to get Terrence and Marcus the ball, our playmakers the ball to make plays. You know, whether it's passing or finishing, and um, other guys got to step up in his shots. And you know, there were a couple of times where the ball kind of got stuck, but um, it was credit to them. They didn't really let us get offensive rebounds as much as we would like to, and they they really uh, closed in the paint. Luke, when we talked to you a couple of weeks ago, you talked about building off of the basic concepts within the offense. It seems like definitely on that, that road swing, you guys took steps forward offensively. We've seen you uh, been able to hunt out some mismatches, Marcus in the mid post a little bit more, and uh, just trying to find those switches that some teams are, are, are getting themselves into. How have you seen that in terms of taking those strides forward? How, how much more do you feel like is in offensively and just – have you has there been that elevation that you kind of were working on over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, there definitely is. You know, we were making a joke the other day in practice. We started calling Marcus Marcus Pickett because he started to post up more <laughs> and just like Daniel Pickett because he can shoot and make passes and make plays. So we've been saying that in practice. But, um, you know, I think hunting matchups is a big thing for this team and it works well because um, when, you know, when you got guys like, me and Quince, you can make plays off the ball, and Coleman can shoot the ball as a five-man. When you can screen and get mismatches, um, gets the defense all out of sorts, you know, because you don't know where your tags are coming from, where your help's coming from. Uh, you know you're going to go one-on-one in the post if you have a shooter on the strong side. There's just so many things to think through when you're getting switches and 
posting up and off-ball movement. So I think just the evolution of our offense turning into, you know, T.J. Marcus making plays and, you know, continuous motion, I think it's really tough for teams to guard. I think we rose from, like, the 64th best offense on Ken Palm to, like, the 24th or something like that in our three-game road trip. So it was a, a huge jump for us. And I'm a big statistical guy. I love, like, analytics guy. I love looking at Ken Palm. Like, that's the first thing I check on my phone after the game. So um, I find it interesting, like, to see what happens based on the games and, like, how it goes. You young kids and your analytics, what do you look at when you look at that? Like, literally, I want to become a Ken Palm guy. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so, so guide me through it, Luke. What, what, like, when you say you look on Ken Palm immediately, what are, some, what are some things you're looking at with Illinois? Yeah, so basically, like, after the game, they put in all this statistics and stuff like that, points per possession and efficiency stuff. So each team is ranked based on their offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. So it's based on, like, um, possessions and field goal percentage, turnovers, like all the different statistics all right. put into one for you. Offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. So right now we're 24 on offense and 14 on defense, and mm. that changes a lot. So we were, um, before the road trip, we were like 9 on defense maybe and like 64 on offense or something crazy. So that big jump is, has been huge. And I, I like to just see like where we are in the country and like other teams like in the Big Ten. I know Wisconsin's one place ahead of us and Ken Palm, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then you can actually click on Illinois' team and you can see like the most efficient lineups. Like you can see the national ranks of the guys, like offensive rating, three point percentage. There's a whole bunch of stuff. That's unreal. Well, Luke, I think your efficiency has been really great this season and I love what you've brought to the table you're a guy that I think a lot of times we forgot how much you do on the court last year when you were sitting out I know a lot of times we would talk about how it'd be great to have Luke Goody's outside shot right now but I think we don't give you enough credit for the defensive end for the rebounding for the passing and you know I mean obviously we give you credit for that but I feel like you're really showing why you deserve to be on that court. Have you felt impressed by the way you've played this season, or are there some areas that you still feel like you need to kind of shore up? I mean, we all have areas we need to shore up, I'm sure, but I feel like you've had, to this point, a really solid start to this season. I appreciate that out for the defense. I like, I like that. I, I like you for that. Thank you for that defense. <laughs> Shout out. I, I, try, I, try, I try and guard. You know, yeah. I, I got a joke with Coach Fraser and Coach T.A. that, I'm the best defender on the court, so I tell them that before every game. You know, last year I against Arkansas, they uh, they thought it would be good to put me in an ISO every possession, so they held up a board and said, like, five up Goody or something like that. So oh boy. I thought that was a little disrespectful, so I needed to work on my defense. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I have one of the lowest uh, defensive accountabilities this year on the team. So that's, that's my goal is to be top three in defensive accountability nice. this year. But, um, you know, in terms of other stuff, it's just so natural to me, honestly, like, um, you know, the first two years of the college, my college here at Illinois has been it's it's been a little different than I would have imagined. Honestly, freshman year, freshman year, like everybody kind of goes through that. Um, the freshman hour going through that, it's just kind of up in and out of the rotation, like learning how to play. And and last year, you know, I came back and played and didn't really get to play much, honestly. So I haven't really gotten to know like really who I am as a basketball player. So I feel like now, you know, I'm known for my shooting, but my goal out there is is to be able to impact the game. It's like one one thing my, my AAU coach told me growing up is you have to be elite at one thing, which I think I'm an elite shooter, and you have to be really good at like two or three other things. So, you know, those other things, I try and be a good defender. I try to be a really high IQ guy, make the right plays, and I try and just be a good teammate. So those are the kind of things that when you do those things, everything else just follows with it. That's all. That was a good answer. I, I can tell you this. Watching the Tennessee game, when you made a great play, my oldest son looked at me across the table. We were at a, an establishment here in town. And he said, I don't know why he wasted that year last year. And I said, well, listen, <laughs> if you talk to Luke, he it was exactly what he wanted. He wanted to play in the tournament. I mean, you still don't have any – I mean, now that you, you're playing like you are now, you still don't have any – dread about that right the, you, I mean I know in your mind you made the right decision yeah like uh, like one of the biggest things for me is you know I have a really strong faith and it was kind of like one of those things is I talked to my parents and the coach like this is what this is what God's plan was for me honestly you know I I, I want to do something for the team and sacrifice for the team and I want to play in the tournament because cool. I know I remember telling you guys this last year like 
you're not guaranteed to play in the tournament every year. You know, Illinois basketball hopefully is going to become a team and has become a team, honestly, that yeah. is going to play in the tournament every year, and hopefully we continue that trend this year. But, you know, it's never you, – you can't take anything for granted. You know what I'm saying? It's a couple injuries to guys that away from, you know, the season being over. Some crazy things – crazier things have happened. So it's one of those things, like, if you have an opportunity to play in the tournament, that's what every college – kid plays for you know there's guys out there that have been great players four-year guys that have never played in the tournament at a high major school so Very you can't cool. something you can't take for granted and you know last year against Arkansas I was able to hit a couple shots and it was a great experience so you know as much as much as uh you know last year was kind of kind of tough for me and I didn't get to play as much I'm still you know confident in the decision I made and I think it's better me as a person and you know has kind of led to the success that I've had this year so far Awesome. Well said. One more thing I want to ask you, Luke. What's up with this Tommy DeVito mania? Wow. I mean, you're a guy that was on the same <laughs> campus as him last year, and now Jimmy Fallon's talking about him, and everybody is. Yeah, it's kind of sick. I'm not going to lie. My, uh, You guys know I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, Griffin more, and uh, him and Tommy are good boys too. So Griffin's calling me and FaceTiming me and telling me all this stuff that Tommy's telling him. So I'm kind of like living vicariously through through Griffin as a friend. So I get to hear about all the behind-the-scenes stuff, which is pretty funny. That's awesome. It well, is great. It's uh, a great story. It's great that we get some yeah. of the behind-the-scenes stuff and on-the-court stuff that you bring to this show every week. And uh, appreciate you, Luke. Uh, glad that finals are over for you. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week, maybe before bragging rights. But uh, happy holiday season to you. Yeah, and uh, Yeah, and enjoy it, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys so much, man. Have a great holiday. You too, buddy. Thanks, Luke. Uh, Luke Goody. Segment brought to you by Dogtown Hitting Aaron Plumbing, your home's best friend, First Federal Savings Bank, local and trusted, Crossroads Contractor Supply, the right tools when you need it, Brian Hansen at State Farm Insurance, visit brianismyguy.com, Carpenters Local 243, and also Max Twin City Recycling. It's like when people say, hey, Lon, I got your next beer. That's how excited I get when I told Luke Goody he's playing pretty good defense. He, he, he just he was got very he, excited like, about that. His voice went up. He started talking faster. He's like, hey, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I, I love our conversations with Luke. Yeah, they're awesome. I really do enjoy that. And I think that is very interesting or interesting on the Ken Palm. And I know that this is stuff that obviously I can get on and I just choose not to because I'm old and I don't want to – I don't want to – I'd rather just watch a game and understand kind of what I see and don't see and not have to have analytics tell me what I should be seeing – but I think it's amazing that how it's used. And that shows you right there that the kids, I mean, I call him a kid, he's a, he's a man, but that the players utilize that so much as well. You know, that they are the ones, because you know the coaching staff, and I know you know this, Pipes, but you know the coaching staff understands that. They, they understand what the analytics say, et cetera, and I'm sure that's something that there's probably – all of them do, but I'm sure there's one guy on the team that really balances that and, mm -hmm. and, and, and sees what it is, et cetera, and what it says. But I think it says a lot that, that the players as well kind of get on there and can look and see and kind of hold themselves accountable because that's kind of – if I'm understanding it right, it basically holds you accountable to your defense, to your offense, the efficiency of both – and I think efficiency is a word, Derek, that was never really used in basketball through the years. Like when, when you know, and I, I don't mean like I'm always the old guy, but, you know, like I don't think we ever really talked about efficiency on a basketball court until the analytics came along and kind of understood. I mean, you knew if like Dominique Wilkins was – five for 28 that he wasn't very efficient that <laughs> night right but but you just kind of you didn't really worry about it you're like he's neek he had three great dunks and he scored 22 and the hawks won right but yep. now it's such a interesting line of well like when he says that illinois had one of the best top 10 offensive efficiency days ever at that arena mm -hmm. like i never would have thought that i mean they played well and i thought they I thought they scored fairly well, but I remember coming in the next day talking, bragging about Tennessee's defense, and here Luke's telling me that, well, according to Kempom, you know, we had blah, 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 and I'm like, wow, I, okay. So it tells you that sometimes maybe, I think what, it's, what it says is sometimes a team plays better than you think they did, 
or maybe they played worse than you think they did. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it gives you the underlying numbers. It gives you something to compare to because they've compiled all the all the stats and, and the analytics through the years that are comparable as well. And yeah, it does it does make you be held accountable by what it said. Like if you're like he mentioned going out on the road trip, they were in the sixties in the country in right. offensive efficiency. Right. Not that we weren't necessarily seeing with our own eyes, hey, this team needs to figure some things out with their offense, shoot the three better, shoot free throws better. But, I mean, it breaks it down on, like, what percentage of your shots are from three versus from two and uh, what's your assist rate as a team. And it, it can dive into a whole bunch of different things. So, uh, yeah, I think it's great that he pays attention to that. It allows you to look at opponents and really uh, get sure. kind of a snapshot before you maybe dive into the film of, like, just, all right, the, the numbers say they're really good at these areas. Then you go and watch them and see why and, and what you have to do to try to con, combat that and, and, and match up with them. So uh, I like I like using them. I'm, an, I'm a numbers guy uh, as I well in are. terms of stats and everything. Uh, Synergy is its own another level where I could tell you what Luke Goody is on catch-and-shoot threes this year versus wow. the rest of the country and that, that whole kind of thing. So uh, I like looking at those. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting – Interesting way to, to dive into it. I, I do think, though, you know, Tennessee's defense was pretty darn good. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. Uh, they, they fouled both, – both sides fouled a decent amount, which I think uh, upped the possession number and the scoring number. But if you would have told me, bottom line, if you would have told me Illinois is going to go into Knoxville and score 79, I was no, like, I, yeah, You're right. You're you, right. There's probably a decent chance you win. This is going to be a dumb question. And I, I'm with you on that 100%. But, like – who the hell tracks every – who tracks Luke Goody? Like, I know, well, it's, I know it's computer, yeah. but don't they have to put that stuff in? There's I mean, someone they, who's going to have to input every – the game log, essentially. That's unbelievable. Like, for instance, catch and shoot, I can input what he shot from the game. Yeah. You know, that he was four for eight, but that's not telling you whether he was catch and shoot. Someone's going to have to watch it. That's unbelievable to me. But I guess because they break it down, shots off the dribble versus catch and shoot shots, shots from one unreal. wing, left wing versus the right wing. So some kid at Christmas time is sitting around his family, and, and they're like, "What do you do again?" <laughs> well, I watch five thousand college basketball games and chart every catch and mit, or catch and shoot or whatever. Yeah, that's and, true. And you get paid for that? Like, the, I'd be the grandpa going, "You get paid for I that?" I wonder what that does pay. Well. It's Probably just, it's just amazing to me. Like, that amazes me. And I'm talking too much because Kyle's – I know. we got to catch a break. Uh, Kyle's getting restless. But uh, we do uh, – <laughs> real quick. He starts to fidget and stuff. Uh, <laughs> Luke Goody, he is shooting 44% on catch-and-shoot shots. That's in wow. the 84th percentile uh, in the country. So, uh, it, it breaks it down. That's awesome. He's playing well. Yeah, poor, good, very good, and excellent. And he is excellent, as it says. That's so, awesome. Uh, it would be excellent if we ca caught a break for Kyle, and we're going to do that now. <laughs> this is The Drive. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. 